Hello and welcome to episode number 226 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Bringing the fire man, bringing the fire. Yeah, good. Um, this is our penultimate regular episode of 2020. Um, Hang on, our what? Our penultimate regular regular episode. episode yes, I love, is... <laughs> I love it. So then next week is our penultimate. Exactly. Episode. So I get to say it twice. I like it. I like <laughs> it's it. a fun word. Um, but yeah, we're going to be talking about freaky this week. Um, and uh, yeah, it's one we're actually looking forward to. So that's going to be a fun one. Um, mm-hmm. And we have no idea what we're going to be talking about next week. So <laughs> the last slot of 2020 is still open. So let's let's I mean, see what it's going to be. That's my life for every week, bro. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say it's news to you. You you must panic. Yeah, it's like well, if he doesn't know, then <laughs> the will. Yeah, literally like half a day before we record the podcast. I don't know what movie we're doing. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you've seen Freaky because I have. So. Uh. What? Otherwise, this will be a weird conversation. I really hope you didn't accidentally rent Freaky Friday. Um, though that would be pretty great. Um, no, but I did watch Happy Death Day. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but yeah, we got. Oh yeah, before we get into the news, actually, um, mm-hmm. I did want to put a sort of call out to the listeners on this one. Um, obviously, yeah, we're a couple of weeks away now of our big best of 2020 show. Um, and of course, long-term listeners will know that we love hearing from you guys from the show. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, last year we had an insane amount of uh, contributions from listeners, ranging from loads of different lists of your favorite movies or just you know your favorite movie on Twitter. Um, all that stuff is welcome. And I loved all the different conversations mm-hmm. as well that we had about it. Um, and yeah, we want to hear from you guys desperately this year. Obviously, it's not been like last year. Um, we had so many contributions last year, I think, because there was just so many incredible movies that everyone wanted to talk about. Um, but there's still been some great films. So I hope people still, you know, want to talk about their faves of this year. Um, so yeah, like send us your lists via email, or if you just want to send us like your favorite movie and why it was your favorite movie of the year, all that stuff is welcome. Um so yeah, you kind of got a couple of weeks to get this in now. Um, I re- we're probably going to record around the 21st of December. Um, so yeah, as long as that's not happened by the time you're listening to this, um, yeah, send them in on Twitter. Um, you know, DMs are open uh, or the email as well. Um, and yeah, we cannot wait to read them all out on our show. Definitely, um, definitely. And that's uh, what at, at SHB Pod for the yes. for the Twitter and mm-hmm. uh, Super Horror Bros Podcast at Gmail dot com for for longer form emails as well. Correct. Is the Skype still open? I have no sure. idea if it is. <laughs> <Check> it <weekly. laughs> yeah. Um, if and you yeah, do, if you want it, yeah. If you want to send in an audio uh, message, then search Super Horror Bros on Skype and leave us a voicemail. And if you do that, probably hit us up on Twitter as well, because to make sure we actually check that. (laughs) Okay, you're you're on it. (laughs) If it gets lost, it's on you. Um, But yeah, yeah. So yeah, definitely let us. It's going to be an exciting one. Obviously, we go over all our different individual awards. We also pick our top 10 of the 2020. Um, but yeah, it was so great. Like There was such a vast amount of obviously awesome movies last year, and it was great to hear from everyone. So hopefully it'll happen again this year. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll remind you guys sort of last uh, next week as well. Um, but yeah, going straight into the news now. Oh, my God, this is a absolute megaton for news. Um, this first news story is absolutely insane. Um, it, it kind of dropped about a week ago, and I'm still trying to process how insane this is. Um, it's insane for all of cinema and films, um, but it also very much impacts horror. Um, and I'm sure people have already heard this news as well. So, yeah, we're going to kind of go through all this and then we'll give our thoughts on it because there's a lot here. Um, I'm going to be reading this um, mostly from Bloody Disgusting's article because they did, they did a good job of kind of condensing... <clears throat> 
what Deadline had to say and also Variety because there was two different sources that was kind of talking about all this stuff. Um, but yeah, the news basically is that Warner Bros are, are sending their entire 2021 slate straight to HBO Max, um, of course, in the right. United States. Um, so yeah, the, the their entire slate will debut exclusively on HBO Max the same day as theaters um, with a 30-day window. Um, so this is where things get kind of interesting um, straight off the bat um, where they're basically saying that um, so following the one month HBO Max access period domestically um, each film will leave the platform and continue theatrically in the US and international ter- territories with all of the regular kind of distribution windows applying to the title after that so obviously other streaming platforms Blu-ray etc um, so it is only going to be on the service just for 30 days um, mm. but this is all of their co- current um releases scheduled for 2021 and there is a lot um so just to kind of go through some of the genre there's a stuff of horror movies on there yeah there's a lot um so mm. kind of uh godzilla versus kong um is coming out currently may um we're, we're starting to see images of this one now and i'm sure we're going to get a trailer right around the corner um that's going to be one of the main ones um also the conjuring the devil made me do it um which is currently scheduled for june um will also be coming um we also have the suicide squad in august um then we also have malignant which of mm. course is james wan's new horror movie which got completely pulled from its release date this year and we still don't have a date in 2021 it's just listed as that year we still don't um, even know what this movie is no <laughs> which is insane um and then the final two um dune uh, which got a massive delay because that was going to be coming out uh, this month um yeah, is now slated like yeah it's now slated for the end of october um and then last but certainly not least sneaking in there and i really think this one is going to be pushed um is matrix 4 um <laughs> is currently scheduled for december 22nd 2021 um what, what also is really fascinating about this and this is the part that variety added is that this is only for their 2021 um slate it is not beyond yeah. that so the Batman, which obviously just got delayed till 2022, that is not part of this. Um, so what about and, when Matrix gets delayed to 2022? Well, that's, what I, that's, that's <laughs> what I think is going to happen here because um, I just can't see Matrix coming on HBO Max personally, but this is also insane regardless. Um, yeah, I mean, the thing is as well, like obviously you've spoken about the horror movies there, but there is mm. an insane slate of kind of all those things that are vaguely kind of genre, but like... Mm. There's just an insane slate of movies that, that are on that list, and it's kind yeah. of, um, you know, it's kind of mind blowing. I, I I have no idea what this deal means in terms of money, mm-hmm. like per movie or anything like that. Like, um, it's because obviously, you know, the conversation is um, is is this the the death of cinema? You know, mm. is is this it? Um, you know, we, we've heard of the closures of, you know, major cinema change across the world. Um, <clears throat> our, our local cinema is currently open and showing nothing because there mm-hmm. are no movies. So that is not sustainable for them. Um, They've got and, every Christmas movie you could possibly want. <laughs> true, true. We, we, you know, which fair play to them. Like they're trying yeah. the hardest. Yeah. But, but, the, but the thing that's very confusing about this is like, what does this mean for WB and their um, their income? Do you mm. know what I mean? Like, what what is HBO Max promised them? Like, mm. what what does this deal mean to them? Because, because, like you say, um, 
you know, two of the movies you've had on that list, you know, uh, Malignant and Matrix. They are two very different movies. Mm. Um, you know, putting putting Malignant on HBO Max is one thing. Putting a fourth Matrix movie on HBO Max <laughs> is a very different thing. And yeah. so what does that mean in terms of money and what this deal means for, for HBO Max and for what it means for, for the studio? And I think yeah. um, I think that when if we get specifics and that sort of thing, I think that's when I will find out more about what what this actually means for long term cinema, because we although cinema does seem dead, I think the fact that pre covid the revenue that was coming in, you look at movies like it that was bringing in mm. Joker that was bringing in money for rated R movies that we've never seen before. And then um you know, then you see the experiments that have currently been done with streaming platforms, you know, Invisible Man and obviously non-horror kind of, you know, uh, Trolls World Tour and Mulan, like none of those landed big. Mm. Um, even Tenton didn't land big. And and I think kind of... Um, well, Tenet never you, came to a streaming Oh, no, platform. true, true. That was a cinema one. But mm. um, but yeah, you know, you, you look at the, the, the failures there, none of them have actually made money big. And you think, mm. well, when... You know, hopefully we get to a world where cinemas can be open fully. Will these other revenue streams compare to it? Because they, they're currently not. Do you know what I mean? Like, it just can cinema survive long enough, I think, is yeah. the question. Yeah, like, this has so many fascinating repercussions, and it's been crazy to see, like, all the different analysts' um, reactions to this, you know, ranging mm. from kind of, like, this is an absolute gift from the gods for for HBO Max. Like, you've mm. just launched your new streaming platform service, and you've been given what is roughly about $3 billion worth in assets um, just, <laughs> just available to your streaming platform is, like, unbelievable. And so, yeah, like, what is the monetary value for yeah. Warner Bros.? Um, also, is this just a contingency plan for the states? Um, because obviously as of right now we can't get hbo max in the uk so this doesn't affect us no. um so we would just assume that if our cinemas are still hoping uh, open hopefully next year then we can just see all these movies in the cinema anyway and it just doesn't really affect us um it's also worth noting that this starts with wonder woman that this was mm. already going to be yeah, the plan for Christmas wonder Day. woman yeah, like this was already going to be the case of like we are getting it in the cinema here and the same estates, and it's also on HBO Max. And it's crazy that it seemed like that was going to be the test bed, and then you know, yeah, this deal came forward, out of nowhere. Yeah, fast forward to now, and they haven't even tested the waters about to see if that was successful, and they're already like, boom, our our entire next year of movies is going to be doing the same thing as Wonder Woman. Um, I think as well, it shows you specifically with WB that they have so many movies that are just completely done right now. Mm. Wonder Woman, they've been sitting on forever. Godzilla versus Kong finished shooting like two years ago. Um, Malignant's completely done. Like obviously stuff like Matrix and, and Batman is the newer stuff, but they just have so much film that they're mm -hmm. just sitting on. And we see we're starting to see that backlog that we've been talking about all year of like not every company can just sit on these billion dollar assets for years and years to come. You have to just make money at mm -hmm. some point. And this is clearly a step in that direction. Um, and I'm absolutely fascinated to see what the repercussions are because yeah, what I I saw one of the analysts was basically saying like if disney do this with disney yeah. plus our cinema's dead like they're over yeah I like if say, they decide well, to just well, put all their films if, on disney plus it's over if disney do that with disney plus you, you wonder if that is the end of netflix do you know what I mean? because, <laughs> because like imagine if disney were just like yep like everything's coming everything's coming you you pay you pay uh whatever it is a month and um 
you know, you, you've got every Disney movie that, that would have been out in the cinema, no delay. Mm. Like that, that is, that is madness. And, yeah. and obviously like that doesn't do a lot for the podcast, but, but in terms of like other viewing that that's insanity. Yeah. And, it's, um, it's unbelievable. You know, you, you look at, you, you know, but you just, I think, I think a lot of people have, have forgotten the, the power of the last couple of years pre COVID. Mm. And I, and I think, um, you know that that is something that that you know if if the cinema can survive long enough then the revenue was clearly there and it was clearly at a level that that was um you know beyond anything we've ever seen you know you think like the highest grosser movie of all time was only two years ago mm-hmm. and that was that was in a multi-billion dollar movie year so you know and it was when we got a rated r movie you know gross the most of all time as well yeah. and it's just kind of like we're we're <clears throat> that seems so long ago but but in a in a post covid world who knows like it just depends on what a post covid world means yeah like and i think as well tenet was a great example you brought up because that was also wb and they mm. tried something different tenet where it was like this is a temple movie that you need to see on the big screen and they just basically mm. forced it out at a time when clearly the wide audience was not ready for it um mm. you know the hardcore was there like we went and saw it and enjoyed it but like the clearly the worldwide figures especially in the state side did not reflect the quality of that movie and what it deserved mm. to do at the box office and so this I is mean, clearly them being like we need yeah. to adapt we can't do that with wonder woman you know they have to adapt well and the, the problem is i mean it, you know what what you said leads on to the, the the question marks that we've got this is a u.s deal mm. you know hbo max I I read this, got super excited, and then got super bummed out. So like, <laughs> oh yeah, I don't get any of this. Yeah, and that's because they don't care because no. the revenue's in the states, and so they've now whatever this deal means, they've secured revenue for the next twelve months in the states, which is super important for them. And then they're just like, okay, well if the UK has got their cinemas open for six months, you'll get to see the the movies that come out in that six month window, and then otherwise you'll get it in six months time, you know, yeah. after that. And because it's, they just don't care because the revenue is in the States. You know, yeah. that, that is what it is. It's a really good point. And I think to try and glean the positives <laughs> from this, the, the best thing that I can see from it is, is basically, you know, as long as we avoid lockdown where cinemas get closed, yeah, as we, long as we cinemas are open, movies. what this does is it secures those release dates because clearly mm. the, the biggest trend of 2020 has just been release date complete mess and everything just getting moved constantly whereas this is like right godzilla's coming out in the states on may it's going yeah. to hbo max and if our cinemas are open we will get to see it and i'm looking yeah, at these lists this list of films here godzilla versus kong conjuring suicide squad malignant dune matrix 4 i want to see all these at the cinema i don't want to see these at home like no. if it was the choice between not seeing them and seeing them at home of course i would take that but like i'm gonna have to do some serious investments with my, like my home tv setup if i'm gonna be watching the matrix at home do you know what i mean yeah. like i need to see that on the big screen um so yeah i think this is absolutely fascinating i think one small update and this isn't as interesting but i, I it's just a one example of the kind of immediate knockback we're already seeing from this is that um production company legendary pictures who are uh kind of co-producing with warner bros both godzilla versus kong and dune are apparently extremely unhappy with this news um and are potentially who was who was that sorry as legendary pictures um right, so it's okay. kind of like a co-production they put a lot of the money into these movies and mm-hmm. but obviously wb do get the final say but it seems like they are they might even be seeking like legal trend like action on this <laughs> 
um because yeah like stuff like uh, it's reported here that um apparently with legendary they provided 75 percent of the 165 million dollar budget of dune and so like they need to get that money recuperated and they clearly you know again we're not seeing the dollars that are on display here from hbo max but i can't imagine they're giving them that much money for to you know to have to have mm. dune just for one month on their service um so like i love that there's we're already starting to see a repercussion to this and it's i'm i'm really curious to see if they stick to this throughout the entire year because it's that's what was so ballsy about this like they announced it with wonder woman and i expected them to just do it like one at a time be like right godzilla con that's the next one but for them to like they put out this really hype trailer showing all these sick movies and even had like the matrix logo in there and stuff and they're like they're clearly wanting to make this a thing that's getting people talking so i think they have to stick to it but my god there's going to be some repercussions to this i do think um yeah but yeah it's absolutely insane so yeah we shall see about this one but yeah i'm sure this is going to run and run for all of next year as well yeah i mean this this to me is like the story of 2020 100 you know, percent. because this this is it like this this announcement is is you know giant you know i'm obviously you know <clears throat> had the discussion about how cinema isn't necessarily dead but like this mm. this is the worst news for cinema fans of of the year because it because it you know it is the worst warning that that, that it that it is the writing is on the wall yeah there was already like the, the guy who's i think head of like cine world that was kind of having all mm. that discussions with like it's so funny that we went from like you know the, the whole trolls fiasco at the start of the year and how yeah. annoyed they were at universal yeah. and now you have warner bros being like Listen, this is this is nothing compared to what you guys were annoyed about, um, and they yeah. were already basically saying like this is a complete slap in the face to theaters. So, but again, they can't just be like, well, we're not going to put your movies out because then it just completely kills them as well. You know, they're not going to be like, say, oh, we're going to put the Batman thing. in our cinema. It was you know, like, it was always it was always a stupid argument. If hmm. they can put Matrix on at the cinema, they'll put Matrix on at the cinema. Yeah. you know, and 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 hope that people come see it. They're not going to. They can't. You know, cut off their nose to spite their face. So hmm. you know, it's um. It, it it was a it was a game of poker where we knew the cinema's hand. Yeah, <laughs> like, everyone you know. does. <laughs> yeah, because um, yeah, ultimately it's all about money, and these production companies have way more money than these cinemas. Well, um, ultimately, guess what? You need to go to see new movies at the cinema, yeah. as we've just said. You know, our cinema is open. I don't want to see a load of Christmas movies that I I can watch on my TV. I want to see yeah. new movies. Hundred percent. Um, but yeah, this one will run and run for sure. Um, moving on, th- this next one's pretty pretty hype. I think for both of us. But it, again, it's something like hype. I don't see as a remote reality. But let's just humor ourselves for a moment. Um, Give me the hype. It's regarding the kind of long-awaited, long delayed, long trying to get the hell off the ground. Um, Metal Gear Solid movie adaptation. <laughs> um, yeah, obviously for us, this is very hype news because we're both huge fans of the, huge fans of the franchise, mm-hmm. and we have now got reports um, from the Deadline. Uh, of who is attached to play Solid Snake in the movie, um, which is basically dream casting at this point. It's one of those ones where it's like if you you know if you spent more than five minutes trying to pick like five to ten actors that you'd want to play this role, um, I'm sure this guy's name would pop up. And mm. it is the one and only Oscar Isaac um, is mm-hmm. currently attached to play Solid Snake. Um, this is. <clears throat> This is awesome, first and foremost, obviously, like, you know, to try and put, like, the whole bullshit aside, because honestly, I don't see this movie ever happening. Um, It's Sony Pictures. We've talked a lot about Sony Pictures. They're a goddamn mess, Um, especially with video game adaptations as well. And this is, like, the the golden goose as it were like everyone for the last 20 years has been trying to make a Metal Gear Solid movie because it's so close to a movie anyway. If anyone can, Sony can. 
Yes. Um, and uh, bless Jordan, um, vote Roberts, who's kind of been attached to direct this for a very long time. And he is <laughs> such a huge fan of Metal Gear Solid. Like he's always tweeting concept art and he's always right talking to Kojima about everything. And so he is absolutely the right man to direct this as well. And now they have an absolute bonafide A-list at the star in the movie. Um, and I think what, what I should say as well is like the Uncharted movie is currently filming, which blows my mind. Yeah, I was going to say that's, that's the thing. <laughs> And, and like, you know, people, people kind of, um, have, have their kind of adverse opinions of Tom Holland, but, but I, I personally really like that casting and, uh, find it, find it kind of fascinating. And obviously like, and now with this as well, I think like, you know, it, 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 it getting those actors behind those movies does mm. give it legs. The, the Uncharted oh, movie was dead in the water. Mm. Suddenly Tom Holland's name got announced. The goddamn movie's being shot. Yeah, you know, and so if he is genuinely, um, if Isaac is genuinely kind of, you know, down for this part, that does give it legs and does give it traction to to actually get moving. No, that is like a first time in a decade. Yeah, that is a really good point because we've seen that happen time and time again of like mm-hmm. movies get stuck in production hell the second a big name actor gets attached to it and they're like agree to it suddenly it, yeah you're absolutely right it just it just goes full steam ahead um yeah what i actually love about this is like there's multiple videos in different interviews where oscar gets asked you know like brilliant. what role do you want to play and he always says solid snake that's brilliant <laughs> like, i've seen it in at least two or three different interviews which is absolutely awesome and like oh, the interviewer always just looks at him like what the hell is he talking about because they clearly have no idea what Metal Gear Solid is. Um, oh, I love yeah. that thing. I didn't know that was a thing. That's yeah. Really, yeah this is a hundred percent. Yeah, like a passion for project. So, so for the actor and the director. So yeah. fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. We get to see this. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, sometimes dreams come do come true. So we just got hype on this one. Um, mm-hmm. Next up, there's only two very quick short ones here. But this next one's really weird because it started off as what potentially looked like a tease for a new season slash episode of Black Mirror. Um, <laughs> did you see this on Twitter? I did. <laughs> yeah it's so confusing yeah it was really confusing and i think the the biggest red flag that i should have seen was that charlie brooker was tweeting it rather than the actual official black mirror God account damn it, charlie um but here yeah, it was a teaser last week that was basically saying like you know this year has been so crazy even the writers of black mirror couldn't make it up um and then it said like as a final celebration and it's called death to 2020 which is mm. such a sick name and um as soon as i saw this i got so excited and, and yeah. very much this teaser i have to say was very much in the black mirror style of like the music and the the font and everything and i was so goddamn excited and yeah we actually do have confirmation of what this is and sadly it is not black mirror um <laughs> so for people that don't know like charlie is does a lot of comedy that's where he comes from uh, in the uk um he's so funny like i love his comedy as well um and he does like loads of different types of things and this is basically one of his like lookbacks of the year um but it's different because normally he does like a thing where he hosts it and he just kind of like talks about all the different news events and makes it like a funny thing. Mm. Whereas this, like this is clearly a scripted thing and it's got like a whole host of people attached to it. Like Joe Carey's going to be in it. Samuel L. Jackson, Hugh Grant, Lisa Kudrow, like loads of different comedians are going to be in this as well. Um, so I don't know what this is. Like it's apparently coming uh, December 27th. So right at the end of this uh, godforsaken year. Um, but yeah, it's, it's obviously not something that we'll probably talk about on the show going forward. Cause it seems like it's more of a comedy thing. Um, but I did want to put it in there as like the false hope that I had for a week thinking it was going to be black mirror. Um, I, I genuinely thought it was a thing like yeah the second I saw it in the death of 2020 I was like oh my god we're getting a a black mirror christmas special it feels right like the way they've been putting out black mirror 
Like it it's feels like well. to get to get a standalone it's, episode, like yeah. it does make sense. This is on Netflix as well. So it was like it was a small teaser. It said Netflix. It said Black Mirror. Like all of this stuff was like ringing the bells. And it, it did feel mm. a little bit like a troll when we finally got what it was. Um yeah. but it yeah, it made me look it up and I can't believe it's been eighteen months since the last Black Mirror already. Like, really? Wow. Yeah. I didn't I thought it was like yeah, under yeah. twelve. It's crazy, isn't it? It was mm. like June or May in twenty nineteen. So like we're definitely due for like a special at this point. Um mm. But yeah, it is, it's, it's going to be cool anyway. Um, and then last but not least, just a very small update on uh, a little movie that we watched back in October that we were big fans of, um, St. Maud. Um, mm. Obviously, this one still has no release date in the States. Um, Crazy. Which is absolutely insane. Yeah, so it got pulled back in April. Um, A24 are kind of the people behind it in the States. And obviously they, they do a really good job of promoting the horror movies when they want to release them. Um, obviously, they are a small kind of set up and so they're basically just delayed it indefinitely until they can get it out there to people um but obviously in the uk that with a different distributor we got it we loved it and it we now know when the blu-rays come in um <laughs> so yeah the blu-rays come in uh first of february next year and um we do have some extras which does include an audio commentary with the writer and director rose glass and that was more than go. enough for me i was like boom audio commentary i asked for these things the universe listened and yeah i'll be pre-ordering this and getting this on day one for sure um and i feel like this is almost like our version of the lighthouse where it was like this cool ass movie that we just couldn't see for so long and now mm. this is like what happened to the states <laughs> yeah um, it's just <clears throat> it's just weird for us to be in that situation i know it's like oh we're on the other side of it and like it's weird because like i do feel sorry for the people over there i know we have so many listeners um and it's especially a movie that i want to talk about especially in the coming weeks and it's like mm. it's going to be increasingly difficult considering it doesn't have that like worldwide um distribution at this point um yeah, but, uh, it's just it just keeps coming back to the point that like it's frustrating that we are um in twenty twenty mm. and and we're in like the, the, the year of twenty twenty that we're in and yet mm. we still have this distribution problem where it's yeah. just that these goddamn movies just, just won't come out worldwide. Mm. It's just it's just so frustrating. It really is because, like, we're obviously we're UK based, but we are like a worldwide podcast. Like, we hope that we just talk about horror to anyone in any mm. single country, and but and, and it becomes increasingly frustrating when it's like, you know, we have to go on different services in the US sometimes to get movies, and then like sometimes we get a movie like this that was like a UK cinema release that no one else got, and it's just it's mm. really frustrating because you want like. I think that's what's great about certain platforms. Like, I, I I don't know. I probably shouldn't use this example because I don't know if Shudder is available everywhere. But, like, when Host came out, it felt like everyone could see Host at the same time. And, like, that was yeah. great. And that's what you want with all these movies. Um, For sure. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, like I say, a lot of news this week, which is always good. A um, lot of news. Shall we go into this week's film? Let's do it. Let's, Let's get freaky. Freaky. So yeah, this is um, a pretty interesting one actually from a guy who's pretty prolific for the podcast now. Mm. Um, third movie that we've covered of it is uh, Christopher Landon, and I'm kind of blown away that can you believe that Happy De Happy Death Day to You only came out last year? <laughs> I know it's the madness. 
<laughs> it feels like a hundred years ago. Um, but, uh, yeah, kind of back off uh, off the back of those two movies. Obviously, he was trying to get um, the third movie off the ground. Um, and then obviously kind of like the mixed box office, which I think now looking back on it, it seems like they're pretty happy with that box office. Um, <laughs> but obviously, it's a different world. And um, <clears throat> he basically came up with this other new concept on the side and was like, hey, Bloomhouse, I have this other cool concept. Let me make this. And they were like, all right. Um, so, Ooh. yeah, this kind of came out of nowhere, which is always nice. I think it got announced like only about three or four months ago. Um, yeah, for sure. Fun little trailer. And uh, yeah, we obviously... So it was going to be coming out uh, Friday the 13th of November worldwide. That was when we got into lockdown in the UK, which was great. So mm. sadly, we missed out on the cinema release. Um, we then knew it was coming to demand this past week, just as our cinemas opened. So we were hoping that maybe it would be there, but sadly it was not. Um, so we was back on the old digital services for this one. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's pretty much it, right? Before we go into this one. Um Yeah. I think yeah. so. <clears throat> um, yeah. So, I mean, if anyone, I think, I think kind of like if you enjoyed happy death day, then you'll be into the plot of this straight away. Yeah. Um, because kind of like, you know, happy death day was, was like, yeah. Like a spiritual sequel. Yeah. Because happy death day was basically what if groundhog day bled <laughs> into a horror movie. Yeah. And, and, and in this one, it's literally, uh, what if Freaky Friday was just called Freaky? Yeah. Um, and and even though I've not seen Freaky Friday, I got to be honest. But like, oh, have you not? Pretty, it's good. I have not. I haven't actually. But I I know the premise and I know what it's about. And and yeah, th- this is basically that in a horror movie where we um we have kind of our lead Catherine Newton who um uh is kind of the high school girl and there is a serial killer around uh played by the one and only vince Vaughn, <laughs> as reference on this podcast uh in in certain ways yes. prior to this it won't be the last time we reference him and uh yeah he is the serial killer and in a series of unfortunate events the two of them somehow managed to swap uh subconsciousness and uh Vince Vaughn, the killer, wakes up in um, Catherine, whose character is called Millie, um, Millie's body. And, uh, yeah, Millie wakes up in the killer's body. Mm. And uh, fun ensues, basically. Um, I mean, it's... I love it because it's such a simple kind of premise that's Mm. that's completely batshit crazy. But if you just embrace the premise, that's the movie. We've now got we've now got a killer running around in a high school girl's body that that can kind of incognito go into the school and and you do all this stuff and then we've got this high school girl that's frantically trying to figure out what the hell's going on and everyone is petrified of her because she looks like a serial killer yeah and uh, you know <laughs> what what more do you need in in the way of a premise. Yeah, and it's pretty. It's one of those concepts where, like, the the second you see that trailer and you hear mm. about what this is about, you're like, "How has this not been done before?" Like, mm. it's so beautifully simplistic, and it's like it's just a perfect setup for a, for a funny horror movie. And so, yeah. I'm just like, I'm blown away. Like, clearly, there's been obviously body swapping stuff done, but it's like mm. it is literally like you say with the title they're literally just like no it's freaky friday but with a horror glint to it like one of them's a serial killer other than that it's the exact same plot (laughs) yeah for sure and i think you know it's one of those where kind of like um 
when when you see the trailer it is almost kind of like oh this is so dumb and then you're like oh hang on why has this not been done before and then, you, mm. then you're kind of watching it and yeah just you know it, it does click and i think kind of um i guess like yeah i mean i mean that's the premise like going into my thoughts on this um obviously i've spoken on the podcast about kind of uh my trepidation because i'm not a vince vaughn fan and kind of seeing him in the trailers I, I was kind of like, I don't know whether I can handle him in this sort of role. Mm. Um, having now watched the movie, I, I think he nailed it. <laughs> really? Um, I was so excited yeah. to hear your thoughts on it. <laughs> I think he nailed it. I, 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 I com- the, the, from, the, from the second this movie began, I, I lost all of that. You know, I had, my, <laughs> I had my guard up high, but I lost it completely. Because <laughs> I, I think... Um, you know you you get a very you get a very short glimpse of him as the killer at the you know in you know he's mostly masked and then and then as soon as the body swap happens it's goddamn hilarious and it works mm. um because you know and i i still don't really know why it worked for me because in my head now i'm like really like as i'm saying these words i'm like nah it didn't it didn't happen but it really did like it just it, it you know it worked for me and and um he really commits to it which i really appreciate yeah i think i think they both do you know and they both do a fantastic job of embodying the person they're meant to be um and and yeah i i really think he nailed it and and that was my biggest because i was 100 percent into the premise i love the director i love the trailer but i was worried about vince vaughn and then the, when that worked for me the, the rest of the movie worked for me the way i wanted it to it was it was a super fun ride. I think the um, the the opening scene was had some gnarly kills in it, some mm. really like over the top good kills, and it just made me because at that point I, I knew that I was going to get into Freaky Friday, and and uh, the opening scene I kind of was like, oh, I just wish this, I just want to watch a Friday the Thirteenth movie, mm. like with this level of kills. We're just like, oh, I just want a dumb killer in a mask killing people in this crazy fun way because those kills were insane um but instead yeah when we got to the body swap and everything else i think it was just um yeah really fun i think the the only problem i have with it is that once they do swap the you don't get the kind of uh body count that i kind of that you got from the opening scene Mm -hmm. um because because most kills in this movie are pretty banging uh, almost all of them but there is kind of like large chunks of this movie where it's not um you know it's not about the kills and it's not about the horror it is more about the comedy and that side of things but but it all worked and, and yeah i had a good time hmm. you know and, and ultimately you know i think we've spoken about it a lot like in 2020 i just want to have a good time watching a movie and like yeah. i was chuckling and um you know the um there were just multiple scenes that you know they played the same trick multiple times but every time i enjoyed it so like i can't really i can't really get angry about it because Mm. like obviously millie being trapped inside uh you know the killer's body every time someone sees her they they react like she's the killer and and kind of you know run away scared and and kind of weird comedy ensues but every time i still enjoyed it um and yeah they were just uh, you know i i just had a really good time with it and, and i think kind of um it's it's reminiscent of happy death day in that respect that it just kind of it, it has this crazy premise but then not only does it have this have this crazy premise it leans into it 100 percent and just fully goes with it and i think kind of um 
that's that that's what's needed and and kind of like I, i'll go into it a little bit more when we go a little bit more into it but i really enjoyed like some of the ways that it, that it lent into um obviously like i like you say we've seen this body swap stuff before but um i think kind of the way that they did it and the fact that just because uh, a killer is now inside Millie's body doesn't make her a crazy kind of like uh, awesome killer. Mm. And then like the way that, that kind of Millie is in the killer's body and the way that she's kind of getting used to this kind of big lumberjack kind of strength and everything. I, I mm. thought that was super interesting as well. And, and kind of I wasn't expecting to go to that level of kind of detail to it. Yeah, like their reactions to the different physical, the physicalities was really mm. cool. Like, yeah, especially Billy yeah. being in this big lumbering body. And it was something that, like, I never even really thought about with Vince prior to this movie, but like, he is He's a massive dude. dude. <laughs> yeah. And especially, like, I think they did a good job of making the teens just feel really small. And so, like, this, yeah. there's a massive juxtaposition where. There's so many scenes, like you say, where they see Millie in the killer's body. Someone freaks out and they're like, Millie, go get him. And and like she just runs after him in this big body and just like just like pushes them and they just go flying um, for a yeah, wall. It, it's kind of <laughs> like a video game almost, mm. like with this big lumbering NPC. And it's just kind of like, um, like you say, even the jocks in this movie or the quote unquote jocks are like tiny little dudes. There's mm. no big dudes in this movie apart from Vince Vaughn. Yeah. Which is yeah. cool. Um, yeah, I think overall, like, I pretty much echo most of your thoughts. Like, I, I had a really fun time with the movie. Um, I definitely think there are some faults with it, which I want to get to. But, like, overall, it was pretty much what I wanted. Um, it was really funny, which mm. I think is, like, my biggest takeaway. Probably, like, my fa- one of my favorite comedies of the year in terms of just how much I laughed at it. Um mm. I'm definitely with you. Like the opening scene was awesome. I, it was just, it was such a good like homage slash parody of Friday the 13th. And it really reminded me of like scare package as well. Um, and how well they did like the whole killer trope thing. And yeah, like this opening scene was just like, it was just great kills. And it really, it, it clearly was, christopher the director being like here's my take on like a friday the 13th you know yeah i think i think the thing that that kind of pisses me off a bit though is that it was so it was tongue-in-cheek and kind of like this is kind of our spoof on friday the 13th but it was so good yeah i was like literally if you had the ip make this with a couple of the jokes out of it and it would be phenomenal yeah like you've done such a good job because you obviously care about it as you know your your kind of joke it is in a way of you know you love it and you're making a joke of it you know but you do love it and yeah i really would love to see him get like an ip and actually go with it properly yeah 100 percent. like i I don't want to get too far off the topic but Mm. i think that's what to me friday the 13th is like the easiest one to do in that sense and Mm. i think that's why i love the remake so much because it was like friday the 13th is a like at this point a parody of itself like it has to be like dumb teams dumb teens like fucking in the woods and then this like giant killer just comes and lops the head off you know and so Mm. i think that like it always has to be you can't play like a friday the 13th movie i don't think like super serious and dark um but uh yeah so i love that opening scene and then i think yeah once we get into like right the body swaps happened and now here's the movie i think that's when it fully switches to like a comedy um and it really i think you know again getting into the small faults of it now like i think it would have done it should have like kept me engaged with the horror a little bit more because 
I'm with you. Like the ki- the kills in this are fantastic. And one thing that I knew going in was that this was R rated in the states. Um, mm. Whereas you know, Happy Death Day and its sequel were both PG thirteen, and that was a discussion point of like, okay, we've gone harder with the kills in this one, and especially with that opening scene and immediately seeing that mm. in front of me, I was like, damn, this is cool. Like he's actually leaned more into the horror. And then as the movie goes on, I'm like, actually, this is way more of a comedy than Happy Death Day was Mm. and way less of a horror than Happy Death Day was. And so I almost feel like the choice was him almost trying to like retroactively make up for potentially a lack of gore in those movies i never had a problem with it personally but i know that that was a response to those films is that Mm. people were like oh it's such a good slasher it should have been r-rated and i don't necessarily disagree with that but i also just loved happy death day so much that that wasn't a problem for me so i feel like in this sense he almost made the wrong choice because i almost think again i loved the kills but it was like this is such a a comedy like way way more than his previous two films i think personally Mm. um and so it was a weird choice to then be like ha 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 for the for 40 minutes and then has this insanely graphic kill that isn't really played for laughs it's quite serious and mm. then like has loads of comedy um but i still really liked all those moments and i think um like after those initial kills we pretty much then get two kills over the next sort of 45 yeah. to 50 minutes and unfortunately yeah. they're both incredible but they were both massively revealed in the trailer um, yeah that was what i was going to touch on in our kind mm. of subsequent review that 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 was the biggest disappointment that mm. the v2 kills we pretty much got 90 percent of it in the trailer 100 percent, and that um, is a shame because obviously you know we liked the trailer for freaky and like mm-hmm. happy death they did such a better job of like you thought you knew the movie and then you saw the movie and they didn't spoil anything whereas unf- and it's again it's a really hard job to cut a trailer and get you excited but also not show everything and unfortunately mm. whoever's job that was they didn't do a good job because they showed way too much both these kills are really cool really creative but the second you got into that room and you knew the setup it was like you were just waiting to see the thing you saw in the trailer i think um, i think again not to go into spoilers in case the, in case people haven't seen the trailer but mm. like the 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 kind of the teacher one was was the yeah. most disappointing because mm. kind of i think oh, it's over like, so quick well, it's over so quick, but also like the build up beforehand mm. would have meant more. Yeah. Because obviously that oh, was yeah. kind of that was kind of, you know, um the killer realizing their limitations mm. that they are like a, a, a you know, a small teenage girl instead of like a big six foot plus guy. Yeah. And it was them kind of like getting to terms with that and and like that struggle would have felt more of a cat and mouse if I didn't know that like I was just waiting for the for the for the payoff from the trailer. Yeah for sure um yeah i think going into like kind of character stuff as well like it's really difficult because on the one hand i think overall what they were trying to achieve with this movie they nailed in terms of Mm -hmm. just making a really fun entertaining movie and so like it gets really difficult trying to give trying to get like into the criticism of it because i think overall they delivered what they were trying to do Mm. but then when you go into the individual criticism i'm like and also i don't want to give the pass a movie just because it's a comedy but like the our lead character millie and kind of her setup and her place in high school is like the (laughs) most generic setup you could possibly imagine for a high schooler the the thing about it is as well it's the most unbelievable because the movie begins and millie you know like we've seen it a ton in comedy in kind of these teen movies and in horror Mm. but you have the the kind of outcast girl 
that, that as the movie goes on, they have like the reveal that they're kind of, <laughs> yeah. you know, super attractive and kind of actually got a bit more about them. Mm. But like she's walking through the high school and she's by far the most attractive person in the room. Yeah. And everyone's like teasing her like, you suck Millie. And just like being all, being all like horrible to her. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't believe this. No, like, it's the problem you, you with know, like movies. She, she, she looks like, ridiculous, and yeah, no like, one would treat her like that. Yeah, like it's it's so difficult in these instances because like most actors are good looking, and so yeah. you have like her group of friends who are like in any other high school in a real high school would never be bullied, but like no. b- because they're cast this way, and so yeah, like I agree with you that setup's ridiculous. But then it's like, oh, you know, she gets bullied because she wears like a bit of a weird jumper which is ridiculous yeah. and then it's like oh you know she's the mascot for the football team and they all bully her except for the one jock who's like the nice jock and and that's the one yeah. she has a crush on and like again i kind of get what they're going because they're, they're clearly tropey. playing along it's the tropey, tropes you know exactly. like, it still doesn't make me enjoy any of that stuff because especially in the moment and then trying to get attached to that character mm. and don't get me wrong like they do some amazing comedy with that later on with the body swap and stuff which like had <laughs> me had me dying like it was so funny oh um, ridiculous i know like, exactly what you're talking about <laughs> i had to pause the movie because i was dying so much it was so awesome i i I almost had to pause it because I didn't want to keep watching. Like it was just, it was just too much. Oh, it's brilliant. I was um, like, I was like, are they going to go there? And then I was like, okay, they're kind of going there. And I was like, oh no, they're going. There. Yeah, it was just amazing. And so I think, like, yeah, like I, I, I give your shitty setups a pass because the payoffs were worth it. Um, mm. And like, I do think this movie ends up like. The, the second you start to try and analyze it like a movie there are certain bits where it's like there's a killer on the loose people have turned up dead at one point um millie and the killer's body runs into like the kitchen area at school and an <laughs> adult just straight up runs out of the room they're then in the school for about another 40 minutes with like almost <laughs> no police presence and then eventually two random coppers turn up and just do jack shit because of course Look, they're terrible cops. i don't know if you've seen the movie con air or not but, but <laughs> right come on i've seen it <laughs> where are you going with sometimes this sometimes when people get freaked out they just run and they just right. carry on running in a straight line I see. and never stop let me tell this to you then <laughs> what about a school in america in 2020 and a random man comes in what's going to happen i'm i'm just saying if someone <laughs> runs and never stops and, and then you know some people are out for themselves that that cook, that cook just wanted to get out of there they don't want to cause a commotion because that means everyone else is going to be heading for the exit they just wanted to get to the exit and get out okay that was just a right. selfish cook that's fine <laughs> i'm sure there's other examples um but yeah it's like and, and again as soon as you start to look at it that way it can fall apart but it, like again it's clearly not what they're going for so it's like i'm torn here when i'm trying to like review it because i'm like on one hand there are certain things i shit on other movies for and so i don't want to just give this a pass because i enjoyed it but i'm also like you have to take like context and intent matters Mm. and i think clearly their intention was like we don't give a shit about that like we're not going to get bogged down in the details like did you laugh were you entertained the answer was yes to both those questions um so i think they kind of got what they were going for but i think i think that is the most important questions to ask in Mm. the that that is why we're not shitting on this movie and that is a valid reason mm. so if if this movie was playing itself 100 percent seriously and and down the line straight and then it was doing these dumb things you know like the things that you hate like dumb cops and, and all of this mm. stuff then then it becomes valid but when this movie is it was the intent trying to do something else and it's not just because it's a comedy 
But it is, like you say, it's the intent behind the entire satire of the movie. And, and this movie is is doing it for entertainment and kind of the whole point of of Millie running around in this serial killer's body is to give you multiple kind of scenes like that. Mm. And and like you said, in reality, the, the, she was walking down the street in like the first 10 minutes of the movie, down the mm. main kind of, you know, um, downtown street. And um, multiple people were screaming, that's the killer, <laughs> you know, and, and that would have been game over. Mm. That's game over right there. Yeah. You know, she, she gets shot down and that's game over in real life but that's not fun like no. we wanted her to see you know um her reunite sees, with her friends yeah and all that she stuff, sees yeah. her neighbor with a dog that, that was in the opening scene and now as the killer we get a scene of that we get her with her friends we get her with the jock we get her with multiple people her her, her you know scenes with her family members and all of this stuff and we wanted her to have these one-on-one moments with each of these cast members because it was entertaining Mm. and 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 so you know like you say you you have to kind of look at the substance and what it's trying to achieve yeah for sure i think one of the scenes that really stood out to me was like one of the only ones that actually really had some emotion to it and (laughs) it was when um millie was in the killer's body and she was basically Mm. talking to her mom um through like a changing room screen and this was like a really awesome scene and it it really gave you a glimpse of like what this movie could have done if they wanted to go that way um and it really did remind me of happy death day and how like it was this wacky concept of like trees Mm. getting murdered all over again and then kind of like halfway through that movie you get this like realization of like, oh no, there's like a shit ton of stuff going on in Tree's life where it's like she's going through all this stuff with her parents and then there's like the reality of the situation with the professor and the and then the jealous friend. And it's like it all kind of, there was so much character there where mm. it was like when you first watched Happy Death Day, you just thought, oh, this is just a cool, likable lead who's just getting killed and it's just going to be mm. fun and wacky. But there, actually under the surface, there was way more under it. Um, and I thought that this movie was then going to do that because of this cool scene. Unfortunately, mm. it just never really picked that up again. I don't know about with you if there was any other scenes like that, but for me, it kind of it immediately was like, "Here's the cool emotional heart, right? We're going to quickly veer away from that because we want to make you laugh again really quickly." Well, it was it was strange because that scene, like as it was unplaying, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I'm getting this kind of um, <clears throat> real mother daughter emotion and kind of like. Uh, a payoff that was set up earlier in the movie that I wasn't expecting. Like I didn't realize the setup was there, mm. but kind of this, this absence between her and her mother's relationship. And then we kind of got this really impactful scene, but, but with the body of Vince Vaughn in it. Mm. And and I was like, Oh my God, they're making me feel this emotion, even with this wacky concept. And then, and then, yeah, they, they kind of played it off for jokes like very quickly again. And, but you know, it, I think it just shows that like, um, even when they're not fully leaning into it, it, it's kind of what we harp on to that, that Millie, you know, we, we do know a lot about her by the end of this movie and kind of where she's at and why she is, what she is at school and why she's trying to kind of come to terms with that. And I think that kind of shows you, you know, that, that even if we don't get like tons of character kind of um, moments and, and everything else, that they're just well-written characters that, that do, that are more than just like, oh, she's the girl, he's the killer, they swap bodies. And I think mm. that's why this movie has a bit more weight to it than than if it was just this blind kind of trope. Mm. Um, uh, I feel but, like almost like if you take that scene away, it basically is, though. 
Yeah, maybe. But I mean, you know, there was a couple of things before it. There was the stuff between her and her sister and just a couple mm. of things like that 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 led to this moment. And it just shows you that that she is this deeper character. And like this movie, if this had become more of a character study, then it would have lost its heart. But it just shows like, well, not its heart. It would have shown it would have lost its comedy and what it was going for. But but these couple of scenes just show that the movie does have the heart and does have the character behind it. So it's, it's difficult. I think in balance, they got it, they got it pretty much right because I, I wouldn't have wanted more of that because mm. it, it wasn't about that with this film. Yeah, for sure. It's, it, the same, it it's the same as tree. Like, you know, in, in happy death day, it is really only that one scene that mm. puts all of that together when she goes visits her dad. Yeah. Yeah, it's you just know, with, so with, you just feel way more payoff in that movie. Oh, because I think, it's but... massively more impactful, and yeah. they don't end it with a giant joke. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I think that's why. But 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 it's very similar in that way that this one scene does kind of tie it all together. But it does just make it feel more real, uh, which yeah. I think is important. Yeah, for sure. Um, you, you mentioned the performances because I have to get mm. onto those. Like, mm. let's start with Millie because I think she's an easier one to kind of talk about. Um, Catherine yeah. playing Millie, I think. I thought she was good. I didn't think she was like exceptional. And I, and I really just think because to me, the character, there wasn't too much for her to do. I think obviously before the body swap, she's like just a very quiet, timid girl at high school. And obviously mm-hmm. later on, we find out like the reasons for that. But I think she is just kind of like, Oh, she's good. She's getting bullied by this girl. She has this crush on this boy. She's got her two friends. And that's pretty much it. Like there really isn't too much to her character before the body swap. Mm-hmm. Um, then once she is obviously portraying the Blissfield butcher, um, inside millie's body it's it's fine i i wasn't ever like oh my god she's like you know living vicariously through this character it was more just like oh she has a stern look on her face now and she looks like a bit more of a badass yeah um like i liked it but it, it didn't yeah, kind of didn't, like do anything crazy for me she didn't emma roberts heel turn did she it was no. just it, it it worked and it worked yeah. in the movie i think the biggest thing was is that there was just a lack of dialogue yeah um for her that like there were you know, the first scene with her in the body swap, it was just angry look. And she, she didn't say a word to the point that it was getting awkward. And I was like, mm. can she talk? <laughs> I was like, if she talks, does she have Vince Vaughn's voice? Yeah, or does because she try and like, put on like a deep voice or something? Yeah, I was like, why is she not talking? And and so, you know, I I, I found that to be the weirdest choice of the movie, to be honest. That, that mm. kind of she was just so mute in, in almost every scene. I guess that would um, make sense, though, right? If you're just supposed to be playing this kind of, like, faceless Jason-like killer. I guess so. And I guess kind of, like, he is just this, you know, he, he basically has lived his life, well, you know, in recent times, you know, as a complete outcast that's just going around killing people. So he's yeah, not like exactly he's not, having chats. Yeah, he's not Freddy. But, like, he's not having a monologue with everyone before he kills no, them. No, <laughs> but I, I, yeah, I kind of just wanted, you know, him as the killer in her body to embrace it a bit more and yeah. you know, go for it, but... But, you know, instead he just, you know, because a couple of times he did, Mm. you know, kind of like one of the jocks when she kind of whispers this stuff to him, you know, it was kind of like that sort of thing that I wanted Mm. more of. Yeah. Like you almost wanted the two to like merge a bit more. Yeah. Like her playing, like, well, him playing up to the fact that he is in this body Mm. and kind of saying, saying these things that were kind of double entendres and, and kind of, you know, playing because we all know who who she is you know she is the killer but but mm. no one else does so i would have liked them to play that up more um, yeah I completely... the, the only the only couple of times they really did that was in the trailer again yeah i know you there know, was all these like cool quippy little one-liners that like you say yeah. oh, they felt like Where they she, were she, she, like whispers like can't wait to kill you and stuff mm. like i wanted more of that 
Mm. you know and where you know if she was just with a friend and she says kind of like you know th- this phrase that, that could be taken both ways i just feel like that could have been more fun for the for the viewer instead of uh being more of a mute yeah that's but. a good point because think now thinking about the trailer yeah that was kind of what we were sold was like oh the killer is re- is fully embraced that he's like now has this power where mm. it's like before it was well i can't get close to you because i look like a maniac so i just have to kill you from a distance and quickly whereas mm. now it's more like oh no yeah, now, now i'm like yeah like i have a teenage girl's body and i'm at a high school and so like i can play into that and get close to people and fuck with them before i eventually kill them um whereas like you say you really only get that in a handful of moments um mm. But yeah, moving on to the, the the kind of the main one then, Vince Vaughn. Mm. Um, to me, me I I liked his performance quite a bit. Um, I thought overall it was really good. It was really funny, um, and I I think that's ultimately obviously why he was cast because he's he does such a good job at doing the comedy stuff, mm. um, which he absolutely nailed. I think my, my biggest criticism, and like I was kind of sitting there about twenty minutes into this movie. And then you kind of just have to accept it because his performance is so fun. But I wanted to put this to you where when he first started talking as Millie inside Mm -hmm. Vince Vaughn's body, did you think like he he was basically just portraying another teenage girl that wasn't the teenage girl that we got shown for the first 20 minutes of the film? Because Millie is so quiet and so like timid. And then he's kind of doing the whole, oh my God, I'm a teenage girl, like in a bloke's body. Do you know what mm. I mean? It just felt like he is, it was like, it was a really good impression of a teenage girl, but he wasn't portraying yeah, Millie to Millie. me. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely get that. And it's weird because obviously the, like, the, the Millie that we finally get, it is more like that. It is mm. more the extrovert. Um, just a tiny bit at the end, though. But like, yeah, I, I, I do know what you mean that like mm. when like there are scenes where like she's like running away from someone and she's like, love you, sorry, kiss. And like that yeah. wasn't her. Like mm. you you kind of expect her to be the popular girl at school. Yeah, she was being um, all wacky with her two friends and like saying all these little one liners. But like she was literally just a really somber, yeah, quiet, timid person. I think that's when like if you really start to get into the critique of it, that like mm. when when she has like these um kind of um uh it's like a handshake with her friends and like these little things and the fact that she is effectively a you know uh, when she does the 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 it's effectively a chair a cheerleading chair Mm. as vince vaughn you which we've seen in the trailer like when we saw that her in this um kind of mascot suit it doesn't look kind of provocative but but if if she'd have been in the cheerleader outfit it would have been do you know what i mean Mm. and like you know the millie wasn't quite that character but then when vince vaughn was playing it he is almost playing like the popular high school girl yeah it is it is definitely strange i i I had like i had picked up on it but it it didn't it didn't frustrate me but it was just kind of like um you know I don't know. It's just it's strange mm. because it almost feels like they they messed up the preamble with with Millie more than anything else. Yeah, the, the, the kind of the setup she shouldn't because because like I said to me it made no sense that she was this level of outcast that what she was mm. because she she clearly wouldn't have been like and and it, yeah I just feel like that was the bit that was muddled because yeah. the opening scene when she was kind of being bullied like like you said and, and these these girls were just like oh you look weird in this sweater and i'm like yeah she still looks 10 times better than any of the women that are saying that to her <laughs> like, yeah it was just, do you know what i mean it was just kind of like you can't 
you know, it, it wasn't believable. It wasn't like one of these reveals that like when they, because we had kind of like this reveal that when Vince Vaughn is in her body, she then dresses differently and walks into the school and everyone's like turning their heads. Hmm. And I, I just kind of like laughed at that scene because I was yeah. like, she, she looks pretty much the same. Yeah. But then, like, I feel like that was definitely them leaning into that trope that's been done so many times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think, yeah. And I, I kind of wonder if that's why that like they, they had to try to lean into it so much with the opening scene that we didn't really get a true sense of what Millie was until she was in Vince Vaughn's body. Yeah, because they were just leaning into it too much, and so I do feel like it feels a little bit weird. But I just kind of, I, I did move on from it pretty quickly because it, yeah. it felt when when Vince Vaughn was doing it, it felt right, and when Millie in her own body was doing it <laughs> in the opening scenes, it felt more wrong. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it just it, it felt like there was no character there, so it just felt yeah. like she was just oh, because even in the bullying scenes, it's like she's not really reacting to it. She don't really look like she cares no. that this girl's even talking to her. It's like it's like in one ear and out the other, and so mm. she's just kind of like a drifter who just mm. doesn't really. She's not like oh, really upset because she's been bullied, but she's kind of just mm. like fine with everything and just kind of like emotionally were, dead to it. There were things where like later on when you know she she is that way. She's kind of just this emotionally dead kind of. You know, if if this was a horror movie, she would be the the outcast that's just like that for the whole movie. But then yeah. suddenly, in Vince Vaughn's body, she's like hashtag whatever. Like she's doing that thing, mm. isn't she? Where she's like, you know, um, saying all these different hashtags on these weird little kind of, you know, <laughs> things, tropey things. And it was like Millie in the opening scenes wouldn't have been doing stuff like that. Yeah, I think that's where like my only over like actual mm. major criticism of this movie is is like he actually was to me was portraying more tree from happy death day than he was yeah, really yeah. from this movie where it was like he was he was portraying a way more outgoing kind of bubbly um happy girl rather mm. than the character that we saw yeah um so it was a weird one but i think yeah i was with you that like after i got yeah. over it where i was like it's so weird the way he's react interacting with the friends was not the way she was interacting with the friends but then you kind of mm. just get over it because i found it so entertaining yeah. um and the jokes were landing and i was laughing a lot where i was just like you know what i don't even care that he's completely portraying a different teenage girl he's doing a great job of portraying a teenage girl regardless so mm. but yeah it was a it was a weird one for me um i think the only other thing that i kind of had down as a note which i thought was weird was that um the music was really lacking for me um like mm. especially with happy death day it had so many use of great like um you know licensed music and so many different moments that like boom has a song that like hit um and worked and i really just thought that was kind of part of this director's wheelhouse of like using cool songs in different moments and like i can't remember a single song that was in this movie i think a lot of it was just really think, generic <clears throat> music in the background yeah i think the sound in general was just very generic like mm. you know the opening scene was trying to be generic but then it never really evolved from that and like, mm. like you said, there are scenes where there's a we've got big parties, we've got mm. big uh, football, like, games, and all of this stuff, and, like, yeah, if this was Happy Death Day, that would have been to some banging songs, and, and this just didn't have that. I almost wonder if that's one of the areas where it's, like, you can easily, you know, keep that budget down <laughs> by, like, yeah. not using any big artists, basically, in your movie. <laughs> yeah, Which for I'm... sure, like, it's one of those where, like, the movie it's made, the director's like, right, I want this song at this party, and they're like, mm. well, how about we just give you some generic hip-hop? Yeah, You know, exactly. and it's just like, and they're like, oh, well, you know, we don't want to double the budget. 
Um, exactly. And it's yeah. not the end of the world, but it's one of those things that I think when you're like when when you're watching Happy Death Day and it's like, oh, the acting's so good and it's funny and the story's great. And then it's well, another the layer that, that they put on top of that of like, oh, and the music's great. And I just wish this movie had that. The fact as well. that Happy Death Day had like a licensed song that was specifically for the trailer that was yeah. troll. Yeah. You know, like that just shows <laughs> the level that that movie had. 100%. Yeah. But yeah, I think my, yeah, kind of, I think we're in the overall now. And I guess going to recommendations, like, mm. yeah, I really enjoyed it, man. It, it was pretty much exactly what I wanted. I think, you know, we, we mentioned Happy Death Day a lot. And it's because obviously mm. we covered both those movies. They're still very recent in the minds, uh, the same director. And I think for me, it doesn't hit those heights. Um, you know, it's not as iconic with kind of like the lead performance, definitely not. Um, and then also just like, obviously, that was like, it's Groundhog Day, but horror. But I think there was way more to that um and i almost feel like to me this this might sound like more of a criticism of this movie than i hope it does but like this feels like the movie that you would make before happy death day not (laughs) after does that make sense yeah i can see that where it's kind of like it's a much simpler concept it's way more comedy um and it's kind of like got less characters and character development and then you'd like you'd make this prove that you can make a funny horror movie and then you'd make something a bit more polished and a bit more developed but again i know that sounds really harsh when ultimately i still really enjoyed this movie and i would definitely recommend it like if you even enjoyed happy death day a little bit like you have to watch this movie Mm. because i think you'll have an absolute blast with it I have a question for you before I go to my recommendation. Mm-hmm. What about this compared to the Happy Death Day sequel? Yeah, it's difficult because obviously that disappointed us um, because mm. it wasn't the level of Happy Death Day. Um, I don't know. Like my my kind of heart is telling me that like that movie was better because it had the same characters and it, and it was a world that I enjoyed more. Um, mm. But ultimately that movie, like. that movie went in a direction that I did not want to see a sequel to that film going. Mm. Um, and I'm also just like the last few years, I've just been such not a fan of like these sequels to these movies of like, that just mm. weren't needed. And like happy death day was one of those ones again of like, it's a perfect movie. It didn't need a sequel. Um, so yeah, like, I think, you know, as far as recommendations go, I would recommend this more than the sequel. That's for sure. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, yeah, I definitely recommend this movie. I think it's, um, you know, it, it has some really good horror in it. The, the kills in the opening scene are worth watching the omission alone for a horror yeah. movie fan. And then I think obviously you, you get, you get two or three more, I think kind of, um, and then the fact that it is hilarious, you have a fun time, and and yeah, it, it, you know it it like you say, if you like Happy Death Day, you you should like this. If you watch the trailer for this, then it it does deliver on what it what it gives you in the trailer. And I think um, you know uh, the the weeks leading up to this movie movie, you were um, you know pretty excited for it, and I I was very kind of um, you know erring on the side of caution because I had my trepidation about Vince Vaughn in this movie, and I think kind of. Like I said, the fact that that got you know eliminated straight away, it wasn't like in my mind. Um, I was a little bit like, oh, I'm not sure. Like I was, I was pretty against it in my mind. But mm. the, the second this movie began, like I, I forgot it. <laughs> like, um, and and I think it was because the the opening scene was so strong, and yeah. it was clearly him in the mask that mm. I was like, do you know what? If if this was a Friday the 13th movie, I'd be okay with Vince Vaughn behind the mask <laughs> because if it's that entertaining, I don't care. Yeah. And, and then I was like, wow, okay. Well, I guess, I guess, I guess I'm, I'm okay with all of this. And so, yeah, I, I, um, yeah, enjoy this movie and I think it's worth a watch. I think it's a good time. And you know what, right now, good times are, you know, what we need. Yeah, for sure. I think I'm going to nominate 
for best surprise you watch now <laughs> i know that's exactly what i did <laughs> fair enough I'm like um, i've got a whole new world of comedy open to me now i'm gonna go watch wedding crashes <laughs> <laughs> you do that um but yeah that was our discussion on freaky we would take a short break and we'll be right back So yeah, that is pretty much it for this week. Um, have you been watching anything lately worth talking about? I have watched a certain horror movie. Go on. Uh, that a, is valid. A certain Christmas-related horror movie oh. that everyone should be watching. Yeah, it's probably um, going to be the one that I need to watch that I haven't got around to yet. Correct. I, I have watched <laughs> the, the truly fantastic uh anna and the apocalypse oh that's a different one <laughs> <laughs> no no it's not this is the movie you need to watch oh no it's a great film it just wasn't the one i was gonna watch no you're thinking of krampus <laughs> weren't you yeah but um anna and the apocalypse like uh th- this movie just like every time i watch it i forget how much i like love it Mm. Like when I'm when I'm in the moment because we watched this movie in like what was it like a February or something? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and like I I loved it to its core. Then it made me mm. pumped for Christmas in February, and then <laughs> and then like um you know this this for me is like a not only a Christmas movie that I want to watch every year. Like this is an oddly like a Christmas movie that I want to watch early to get pumped mm. for Christmas because yeah. it really gives me that fire that I've never had for like a horror movie before that, that then it's just like a super fun horror movie as well. Like, um, but yeah, I love this movie like more than really the horror side of it. It's more just like the, the songs and the, the, the funny stuff that's in it and everything else. And then the fact that it's just like, you know, it's kind of like Shaun of the Dead. Like I love Shaun of the Dead, not really for the horror, you know, not, you know, Shaun of the Dead isn't a horror for me. And, and and Anna the Apocalypse is, is the same, but but it's you know, yeah, it's just a great time and, and yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And if you haven't seen it, you have to watch it. That movie just has like a ridiculous level of charm to it, where it's mm. like it's clearly made from a place of love and they they all just look like so happy to be doing what they're doing. <laughs> oh, it's incredible. And the problem is as well, now now it's just stuck on my Spotify. <laughs> yeah. So now just on loop I'm listening to the songs again. And I, I feel like a psycho because like if anyone ever like <laughs> Here's me listening to these songs. They're just like, what are you doing? Like, what is this song? I'm like, ah, oh, it makes no sense. How many times have you seen this film now? Uh, at least at least half a dozen now. Christ. I've certainly seen it once for the podcast. I need really? to rewatch it. Really? Yeah. yeah. I really liked it. Yeah, I'm in big trouble because it's it's falling off now TV uh, uh. after Christmas. So like, I never got like to... a good Blu-ray, did it? It it, it? it got a Blu-ray. It got a right. Blu-ray from someone good i think it was it 88 um second sight i think oh someone, did it yeah like someone decent put put a blu-ray mm. out for it because i'm disappointed that i didn't get it but yeah. it's because it's always been available to me yeah but, i wonder when it came a, out it might not come out decent, like straight away i thought there was a decent blu-ray um yeah here we go who, who made this blu-ray second sight yeah oh, that was good so I don't know what it's got in the way of features, but mm. um, it is double disc. <laughs> yeah, see, I think that would be a fascinating movie as well. Like, I would love to hear the making of that because it's just like so much work has to go into like, you know, you're making a horror movie and a comedy and a musical at the same time. Like, there's a lot of work going oh into that, for, like an indie film. 
I'm actually, I'm actually buying this now. I've just read it. <laughs> you, you get the original short film called Zombie Musical. There's a oh, short wow. film before <laughs> Animal and the Apocalypse. Well, wow. this is going straight into my basket. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that, that, that is ridiculously an expensive purchase for a movie that's quite, you know, reasonably old at this point, but I'm still doing it. We'll, we'll look forward to your review of that one <laughs> next week. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I've, I've pretty much not been watching anything. Like I say, I keep meaning to watch films. I keep meaning to watch stuff, and then I'm just like, you know what, Mandalorian on a Friday that just keeps me going and just keeps me happy because um, it's just yeah. the best show on TV, really. And if you're missing out, you're missing out. Um, but the people yeah. that do watch it, they know that it's just it's never been this good. So just enjoy it because listen, at some point, if there's something that I know about Star Wars, they will fuck it up eventually. <laughs> um, but for now, ride this the wave for as long as we possibly <laughs> Yeah, like ride this wave for as long as we can, because my God, it is good and it is glorious. Um, and and if we get enough people tweet at us, we will start a Mandalorian spin-off show. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be more than you <laughs> on a Damn burner it. account. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's yeah, pretty much it. Time. Um, like I said at the start of the show, get all your um, best of lists in to us. Um, mm-hmm. So we cannot wait to go over those in the coming weeks. Yeah, li- literally just a couple of weeks away now. Um, we'll be discussing something next week, a film something. at the very least. <laughs> we, we have options. Yeah, we had do it. We, yeah, we do have like a few options, and obviously, like January is usually when it's like we start to really pick through them and kind of like yeah, th- there'll be ones that we obviously don't get to discuss this year. The ones that are like on the peripheral, but. Um, because, like, man, you're going to have to start working on that. <laughs> Good luck next year for your 2021 horror nah. list. <laughs> nah. This going to be about 500 movies. <laughs> I'm, I'm not doing it, bro. I'm just going to cut and paste uh, <laughs> the, the one from last year and just delete the first two movies that are on it because that's basically it. Like, Pretty much. <clears throat> yeah. Just add a couple that are like been announced. Like, just add Scream to it. Well, that's not even coming out next year. But no, I was going to say. I'm, sh- I'm sure that'll get a mention, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah um but yeah that was episode 226 where we discussed freaky uh thanks for listening as always and we'll see you again very soon see you later everyone and through my veins and travels to my head they said you'll die soon enough anyway shut up i can't mainly because i never could how could i start now